0: Hello, and welcome back to the Sitting on My Bed podcast. My name is Simple Klein, and this week I wanted to talk to you about, you know, college and my experience with it thus far, and where I feel like my experience will go, in a sense. We'll see as we go along. Now, I have mentioned before that I'm currently in Queens College, but what some of you may not know is that actually my original plan was to go to NYU. Um, I got accepted to NYU. I was very excited. I even moved into the dorm. And then, uh, it turns out they're kind of strict with their being able to afford tuition policy. So, I left after a week. Uh, that was the tuition deadline. So, I packed all my stuff. I mean, I didn't really unpack once I was in the dorm. And I went home. And then I was, um, how you say, depressed. Um, but it was fine. Actually, that's how I got my job teaching that I currently have because I was home and I needed something to do so I figured I'd reach out to some contacts and while teaching in the late afternoon I was also working in a pizza store during the morning early afternoon um, which absolutely sucked the boss was terrible Um, but that's a story for a different time Um, anyway as it is now I'm currently in Queens College and this semester is the second semester of my freshman year so if you're keeping check that means I started on a spring semester because I would have started on a fall semester but that whole NYU thing happened. So I started on a spring semester now it's the fall semester it's the second semester of my freshman year but I think I'm going to figure it out that if I take six classes a semester going forward instead of five classes I can actually finish in the spring semester that I would have if I had started right after high school. This semester I am taking a, a Hebrew class a sociology class, an anthropology class, an economics class, and an English class. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, because of the whole, you know, I don't know if you heard, there's a uh, global pandemic going on right now. Uh, There's no in-person class, like everything is online. I think there may be some like labs that you have to be in-person for, but but according to the email, to quote them, 99% of classes are all online. So my... As the problem is that every professor does it differently. I have one professor who's doing classes on Zoom, one professor who's doing classes on Blackboard Collaborate, which is the CUNY system's own web video chat thing. I have a professor doing things through Blackboard, which is CUNY's hub. Uh, a professor doing through Cengage slash MindTap, which is a different website. And then my English professor is doing it on like a like a journal type, post it's kind of like social media in a way which is weird but you have to be like invited to certain circles I don't know it's it's weird um but it's a little confusing a because none of it's in person right you're doing everything at home so you have to be the one to motivate yourself and be oh i'm in my bed i need to get up and go out of my room with my computer to to do my work because otherwise it's, you're just going to sit in your bed all day which is I'm not going to lie, for me personally, it's difficult. I, I lack the motivation to push myself to do these things if I'm not in the right environment. Like when I was in the building, like it was easy. You know, go to class, be there during class, do the homework, great. But now that I'm at home and it's all on my shoulders, it's really hard personally f- to push myself and be, you have to get into school mode. Another problem is that Another issue is that professors don't seem to realize that, you know, they they try to be compassionate with, oh, we understand you're you're at home and online. And it takes a lot to get used to. Like, yeah, everyone's like that, obviously. But the thing that professors don't seem to realize is that it's it's a transitional period for everyone. That everyone's going to have different time and different difficulties getting used to it. And people just don't learn well that way, which is a big problem with standard education in general. That everyone learns differently. And this is just a one model, but people- but the professor seems to think that you can do the same amount of work in a different setting, which is simply not true like for me personally my my Hebrew professor she does zoom calls twice a week on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then she gets annoyed when there's like noise in the background, but we're at home, there are other people in the house, and she she wants us to somehow eliminate the noise, like I'm sorry, would you like me to go tape put tape over my other family member's mouths? Like my sister was over for the weekend last week and she has a ten month old son and he was babbling in the background while I was in our our living room and she's like, Whoever's making noise, please silence it I'm like, um, that's my nephew, he's a baby, what do you want me to do? Like, how do you expect us to have perfect silence the same way we could have in a regular classroom when we're at home and this is our personal lives? Also, like I mentioned, September is a big month for the Jewish community, so, I, there, I mean, obviously, Queens is very, um, giving with their religious policies, that if you have religious exemption, like, obviously, you're not gonna be expected to go to class, but it's, the problem is that, like, they gave off the school for Shani Yom Kippur, but the thing with Sukkot, where they know about it, but they don't know anything about it, like, they don't know that it's eight days, and that it's two days here, and two days here, with five days in the middle, like it's it's very confusing to a to a non-jewish person when to give out school when to not give out school universally so obviously i would have to email professors be like dear professors i can't be in class this day or if this is due that day i won't be able to hand it in on that day which either they'll give me an extension or they'll tell me to give it in earlier which i'm a big procrastinator so me personally it's kind of a catch 22 but that's my own personal problem but it's just a lot to work around i mean even this podcast i i started it uh this this would have. This is the fourth week that I would have been doing it. I didn't do last week because it was Rosh Hashanah, um, and then next week and the week Like I feel bad. Like it feels very like I'm not committing fully to this. That you know I'll do it for two weeks and take a break and then and then do a week and then the next two weeks I won't be able. To, I I'm telling you, like I'm saying now for whoever's listening out there, the next two weeks there won't be a new episode because um, because it's going to be circus and I'll be traveling and you know, just taking care of stuff, and I won't be able to do that, and I would feel weird if I wasn't sitting on my bed, um, but, like, it's just, it's for, it's just a whole lot of bad timing for global pandemic, and then a the new semester, and to the holy holidays, it's just, it's a lot, <sighs> um, but for me, for circus, uh, we are going to my grandparents, normally we go to my grandparents every year for Passover, they, back when they lived in Maryland, um, this year, for obvious reasons being to go. Um, and also, last year, they moved down to Boca in in Florida. Oh, sorry, they moved to Hollywood in Florida. So, we as of right now, our plan is to go. Obviously, we're going to get tested before and after we go. Of course, I'm not advocating that people travel out of state lines. Um, because the absolute safest thing you can do is not to. Uh, but if you're going to, get tested before, get tested after. Just to make absolutely sure that nothing happened while you were there. Again, I'm not advocating for it. Just because I'm doing it doesn't mean you should too. Is it the smartest thing? Admittedly, no. But at some point, you have to make a decision between what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not. And that's just my line. Um. Again, I'm really, really not advocating it. But I'm doing it anyway. If that makes sense. Um. Yeah. So it'll be my me. It'll be my mother, me, my younger two brothers possibly my older brother although he tends to make his plans last minute my oldest brother um and then three of my uncles all live in very close vicinity to my grandparents two of them live in hollywood and one of them lives in boca so we should be seeing them over the holidays well it'll be nice it'll be uh it'll be good to see the family that we would have seen in april had all this not happened um but again obviously there's a danger involved you know take precautions where you can be safe, better safe than sorry Um, but that is what's happening. Um, what's interesting though is my mother is the third of, in her family. She has two older brothers and then a younger sister and a younger brother. Um, but she was the first one to get married, like a solid eight years before any of her other siblings. So my oldest cousin is only on that side, on my mother's side of the family is only two months older than me. Um, which is interesting because, you know, he and I were very close growing up. We were very competitive, very like butting heads, you know, because he's the oldest in his family. He he wanted to be with the older cousins while I was trying to be like, just because I'm the younger part of my family, like I'm four out of six, so I'm the, in the younger half, doesn't mean like you're better than me or whatever. We were very competitive. I mean, we still are kind of competitive, but now we're a little more, uh, confident in ourselves and we get along a lot better with each other. Um, but no, I love my cousins, they're, 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 it's good times when we're around each other, I mean, for 18th Street, we tend to be a little cabin fevery um, because my Boca cousins and we would always be the ones to go to my grandparents for, Passover, for Pesach, and then the other two, the other, the Hollywood cousins would go for Sukkot, that was how we split up the year, um, and then my mother's sister, who lives in Israel, she would come whenever she can, but she has four kids and lives, um, on, a, on the other half of the world, so, it wasn't that easy for her. Um, but we enjoy each other's company. Over the week, we play a lot of Bananagrams and Anagrams and Word Games and Card Games. And We used to play a lot of Monopoly, but someone always quit like halfway through. Like No matter when, it was absolutely certain that somebody was going to quit. It didn't matter which game, it didn't matter when, it didn't matter how old you are. There was going to be at least one person who quit, because that's just how it rolls. What's great about working in a Jewish school is, what some of you may not know, that Jewish schools have religious studies in the morning, and then they don't start English studies till the afternoon. In a Jewish high school, it's not uncommon for English studies not to start until 2 or 3 p.m. So what's really great is that I get off for all the Jewish holidays, obviously, and for a lot of legal holidays, they have half days, so I get off those days also. Um, For example, right now, for, for Sukkos, their vacation starts September 27th, which means I have off of work from September 27th. Um, and then, I mean, obviously today also. Um, and then for things like Columbus Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, I have off of school then too. Which, I mean, Jewish high schools are very um, pick and choose with which legal holidays or federal holidays they give off for. Um, Personally, when I was in high school, Thanksgiving, there technically wasn't an off. It was technically school that day, but they scheduled their father-son Thanksgiving breakfast. uh, Their father-son breakfast that day. They didn't call it a Thanksgiving breakfast. It was a father-son breakfast for that day. And then you could leave whenever you wanted. Like attendance was very voluntary. So there wasn't officially classes, but they also weren't giving actual school. Um, Christmas was a big one. though. Christmas, they were very adamant with giving a full day of school. Um, obviously if they had non-Jewish teachers, they were allowed to, like, not come in, and and then their class just had a free period, but they were very, very, um, intent on having a full day of school on Christmas, because anything else would be showing that they're giving off a school for a totally, totally secular holiday, like, not only secular, a different religion, so that they were very, very, um, obsessed with, they were, like, no, it's December twenty fifth. We're having a full day, and if you are not here, raise not come December twenty sixth either. Um, but yeah, that's very helpful. I so my my schedule is that Monday and Wednesday I teach from five to five forty five or five to five forty, and then Tuesday and Thursday I teach from four fifteen to four fifty five. So it's forty minute periods, and then I teach um, b- for those forty minutes before and after. I mean, I pretty much have uh. I pretty much have free time these days because my classes, there's only one of them I actually have to be in person for, and that's for my Hebrew class, which is on Mondays and Wednesdays um, earlier in the morning. It starts at 10.05. It's a two-hour class, which is really annoying because, A, the professor hasn't learned how to do Zoom classes for more than 40 minutes, and she's very, like, I don't want to say bipolar to trivialize the the mental illness that many people actually struggle with, but her, her attitude can shift on time. She'll be Cooing over one of her favorite students in one second and then yelling at a different student or sometimes even the same student in the next because of something completely random, for example we had a we had a quiz this past week where she's very she's very like you have to stay on the zoom call while you take the test, I guess which makes sense you know honor code whatever um but she what she said was that you're gonna have twenty was twenty five minutes to do it and then you have to take a picture of it and email it to her, and she's gonna stay on Zoom for anyone who has questions. Except then she ended the Zoom call. And it took her a solid 10 minutes from the time that the quiz starts to actually send us the quiz. So we only had 15 minutes to do it. And then we weren't sure if we were supposed to be on the Zoom call or not because she ended it. Afterwards, she sent us all an email saying, um, you actually have to be on the Zoom call for the class. I'm not going to count your scores. But I guess enough people complained that it didn't make sense that she ended up counting them. Um, But the problem is also she's teaching a very... Um, literal Hebrew like the I guess the equivalent of like Shakespearean English almost where modern Hebrew or even slang Hebrew you would never say it that way so I was actually talking to my aunt the one who lives in Israel right now and she goes what are you talking about and I said oh you know the professor said that this way and I was just wondering why is there an exception to this rule and she goes that's not even a rule in Hebrew I don't know what what she's talking about I'm just like, um, well, it's a rule in class, and it's going to be a rule on the quizzes, so, <laughs> you know, I'm not here to, to uh, debate the um, logistics of it. Uh, I just wanted to know, but I guess you wouldn't know, so... Yeah, it's, it's very weird. Um, my English professor, we had a class this past week where we were supposed to be discussing readings from our textbook. And he said, You know, I know two or three of you emailed me that you don't have the book yet, does anyone else not have the book yet? And like a solid like third of the class raised their hand. And then he says, Does has anyone not finished the first draft of their paper that's due coming up? And like seventy five percent of the class raises their hand? He was not happy. He's he he it wasn't he wasn't mad, he was just disappointed where he's like, Guys, how are we supposed to discuss reading to the book if none of you have the book yet? so I'm ending class now, and we'll just reconvene on Thursday, because there's a Tuesday and Thursday class, he called to Zoom meeting, he does Zoom meetings like every two or three weeks, and he pushed it off for Thursday, and then like 20 minutes later, he sends us an email, uh, guys, I have a scheduling conflict for Thursday, so instead we're going to do it the next Tuesday, except the next Tuesday would be this Tuesday, which is the day after Yom Kippur, so it's a Monday schedule instead of a Tuesday schedule, so I'm a little confused as, how, as to how he's supposed to do that, and then if he pushes it off to the next Thursday, I have a flight that next Thursday, so I'm gonna have to email him that if he pushes it off, I won't be there. Um, yeah, so it's it's just a lot of getting used to, and my work is very forgiving. Uh, last last year was the first year the school was open, and maybe and when I was meeting with the principal, he said, "Oh, so we could either pay you hourly or we could pay you by the month." Technically, hourly on paper you'd be making technically a little bit more, but because you know if you miss a day for a legal day or Jewish holiday, really it just makes more sense in the long run to take the lump sum. So I said sure, which worked out really well for months like September where half the month is, is holidays, or December where we have a big chunk out for 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 Hanukkah, or January when I went on a 10 day trip to Israel, I still got paid in full for those months. It was really great. This year, it, they're also giving me a lump sum, however I'm, it's being split up bi-monthly, uh, which means twice every month, and then the and this year like everything's legit. I had to get a W four and a ten ninety and a background check and make a resume and have to pay taxes which is annoying. Um because the the English principal left. So we have a new English principal who has a bunch of DOE experience and he legitimized everything. Um which like it was annoying but, you know, it's good that everything's legitimized now. And, you know, I'm doing it on the ground floor as opposed to ten years later. And now that if I ever have to go to if I ever go to another job, I have a resume. I have everything filled out already. That's fine. I apologize if I sound a little um, stuffed nose right now because um, I allergies just came out of nowhere today and are currently kicking my ass. Um, so it's like in between. Like I t- I'm pausing it so I can uh, blow my nose, which is. Kinda of gross, but also like I'd rather do that than have it stuff up and up and up and up. Um, what I've been noticing with doing these podcasts it's it's a little difficult to, um, A include your stream of consciousness, B try to block out any background noise, C have have it sound professional, but I mean I'm kinda of okay with it not sounding professional. And D just talk for the whole time because I'm one person. Um and like you don't see many podcasts just with just one people. I guess now you see why, or hear why uh because it's kind of hard to keep the conversation rolling and stay on topic for however long you're doing your podcast for like imagine if if the podcast was an hour or an hour and a half it's just one person talking on and on and on um probably going on tangents here and there which would make sense if they were a good storyteller but there are people out there who are not good storytellers I mean maybe myself included I guess this is one big experiment to find out um I was thought I was pretty good at telling a story but I guess we'll find out sooner or later one problem I also have is that I tend to talk pretty quickly. And like when I'm watching YouTube or listening to other podcasts, um I like to play them on double speed just cuz I feel like other people can talk too slowly and don't get to the point. And if you can accomplish the same amount in half the time, why wouldn't you? Um but like other people when when I'm listening out, the things out loud, they get so annoyed it's like I can't understand it and it's giving me a headache and blah blah blah. So if you're out there listening to this podcast in double speed, I get you. I am you and hopefully I'm talking quickly enough that You don't have to play it on double speed. Or, I'm talking slowly enough, that when you do play it on double speed, uh, it's not going super quickly. So, hopefully I'm hitting that happy medium, or at least giving you one or the other. So, I actually have a confession to make. Um, I watched 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy in two months. Now, I had seen other Shondaland shows. Um, I saw most of How to Get It With Murder... I saw all of Scandal, and I'd seen other medical shows, I watched all of House, um, and I like dramas and, you know, stuff like that, and I heard, and I've been hearing the name Grey's Anatomy since I was a kid, like, it's not a new show by any standards, um, so, but I figured, you know, let's see what all the fuss is about, and I got so enveloped and so invested so quickly. First off, the first couple seasons, or at least the first season, the back half of each episode kind of also bleeds into the second half of the next episode. And the characters are so relatable and so likable, I mean, or hateable. And you just get so drawn in so quickly. I mean, watching the cast evolve from season one to season 16, you know, with people leaving, people growing, people dying, people whatever. It's kind of like you're growing with them. And also, it... Obviously, they're going to have to do some storylines to to mirror current events or they're going to have to reuse some plot lines because 16 seasons of a show you're gonna, you're going to run out of spanking new material. And yeah, there're going to be some seasons or episodes that are worse or better than others, obviously. But overall, great time, I mean, is just a great experience. I've heard rumors that season 17 might be the last, uh but considering it's coming out, I believe I I saw a release date for sometime in November. Um I guess we'll just have to see. But like if they are going to end it, one thing I ask is that they bring back uh, Justin Chambers and Sandra O, oh, who play Christina Yang and Alex Karev, not respectively. I don't know why I did it backwards there. Um, Christina O oh has said that she has no plans to return to Grey's Anatomy. But I think like if it's going to be the last episode, I think she might anyway. Uh, Justin Chambers, I don't know what he's doing now, um, to be totally honest. I know Sandra O oh is doing Killing Eve. Uh, but I don't 100% know what Justin Chambers is doing, but first off, he looks great for a man of his age, uh, I looked up his age recently, and oh my god, I, if, if I'm not crazy right now, I think I said he was, like, 50, which is insane, um, but I might just be totally remembering that incorrectly, but, like, for, like, the last episode, like, they've done over 300 episodes of the show, which is, like, Simpsons numbers, like, obviously Simpsons has probably done more, considering they're on, like, season 30-something, but, like, that's a lot of episodes of any TV show, so to be able to do sixteen, now seventeen seasons of a show, and uh, it's, it's not something you do lightly. Christina, Sandra O oh was there for over ten seasons. Alex Karev was there for fifteen seasons. Like, it's not something you just walk away from with no with no ties to it. So, if approached for the last season of the entire show. I think they would say yes. I really do. I have faith that it meant enough to them and was a big enough part of their life and it wasn't such a traumatic experience that they would come back for it. I don't think Katherine Heigl would come back. Um, if you know the drama behind it, basically she, there, was, there was a whole bunch of fighting behind the set, which the apex of all was when Katherine Heigl, um withdrew her name for Emmy consideration because she felt that the writing wasn't good enough for her character or whatever. Or, or, it wasn't good enough to win an Emmy, which is such a bitchy move, like, honestly. Like, you're not the one writing it, you're the one acting it. If you felt that your acting wasn't good enough, that's one thing. For you to criticize someone else's work, and then withdraw your name, is disgusting. Um, so they did not leave on good terms. I don't think they're going to come back. If they want to bring some back to the dead characters, which, hmm, spoiler alert, but also, like, it, it's a long-running show if you're gonna start now. Uh, I'm giving a major spoiler alert, I'm gonna reference actors whose characters have died, so if you don't want to hear that, this is your official spoiler alert warning, um, Patrick Dempsey and T.R. Knight, who play, uh, Derek Shepard and George O'Malley, respectively, um, Eric Dane, who played, um, uh, Mark Sloan, uh, Shiler Lee, who played, uh, Lexi Gray, um, who else did that, <laughs> who else did that, that's such a good question to ask on Grays. And then you have uh, Jessica Chapman, Sarah, Sarah Ramirez, uh, um, what's her name, Sarah Drew, Jessica Drew. Whoever played so the people who played uh, Arizona Robbins and and Cali Torres and April Kepner. Uh, sorry, I totally blanked on her last name there for a second. I was thinking O'Neill, but that seems Mutant Ninja Turtles. And even Kate Kate Walsh, who who played uh, Addison Montgomery, who she got her own spinoff called Private Practice, but which apparently a lot of crew, cast members were not happy with, with. Such she was the one who got the um, the spinoff, but you know whatever it is, what it is. Like if it's for the last, ep- like they name dropped them when Meredith had her her lawsuit brought against her, and she was on trial for her medical license. Like they name dropped all these characters, but if you could bring them back, see them in person for one last for the last episode, have a. Uh, have Meredith's daughter and, and Callie and Arizona's daughter reunite, what is it, um, Zola and Sophia, uh, Sophia, of uh, Robin Sloan-Torres, um, that, that would just be really cool, they were always good friends, because Callie was very close with Meredith, like, underrated, very close with, with Meredith and Derek, I mean, she lived with them for a while, they were co-parenting their kids, um, and then when Arizona, again, spoiler alert, when Arizona won the court case, um, Meredith was one who was there comforting her, it was, they were underratedly a, a really good relationship there, so to, to see Zola and Sophia get together would be really cute, along with all the other cast members, too, obviously, you know, with the Day of the Dead episode, we saw Mori stall the, the characters who died, with the Bomb episode, we saw the people who had died up until then, um, it was, it would just, it would be, the Best way to close out the show, I and mean, it would be weird without Catherine Heigl, aka Izzy, there, um, but I don't think either of them are going to bury that hatchet anytime soon, um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe after seven, maybe after 17 seasons of a show, maybe Catherine Heigl could that she was such an instrumental part of it, that she could come back for one episode, um, and maybe there wouldn't be a drama, but honestly, I'm not the one who's in that room, so I wouldn't know, um, but yeah, if, if Izzy could come back with Alex, because again, spoiler alert, hello. Alex ends up with Izzy, because Izzy had, had their kids. Um, if you're going to bring Alex back and Izzy's back with him, that would that would be huge. So, if, if, by some act of God, that could happen, that would be the best TV moment ever. I'm saying it, best TV moment ever. Uh, I'm not going to say uh, the decade of the show of this year. I'm going to say best TV moment ever, mark my words. Alright, that's it for this episode. Uh, Hope you enjoy. uh, Hit me up on Instagram at Simcha underscore Klein, S-I-M-C-H-A underscore K-L-E-I-N. And on Twitter at Samander K underscore K, uh, S-A-M-M-A-N-D-E-R underscore K. Catch you next time.